Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. Today on the podcast, my guest is Briley. If you don't know Briley, I highly suggest looking her up. To call her a content creator, I feel like just boils it down and makes it too simplistic. She is active on TikTok. She is active on Instagram. She is active on Twitch. She does stream several times a week. Um, and she just does a lot of fun stuff. She is an American born who lives in Japan, um, who's into gaming and all things nerd. Um, we got to know each other. I invited her to come on the podcast. She said, yeah, we just did it. It was a lot of fun. Um, so I am not going to talk anymore. Without further ado, here is Briley. The same microphone oh do you have a yeti too yeah mine just has stickers oh yeah i haven't gotten that far <laughs> yet i need to do that um we were uh folks who are who are listening um and i always so people are going to hear this because i was doing intro you know prior okay. to the podcast but briley's here um we were just talking about funkos and i have a very important question in relation to that do okay. you keep them in the box or do you take them out I take them out. I understand why some people keep them in the box, but like, I'm probably never going to sell them. So it's like, why am I going to keep them in the box? I have some in the box, but just because I'm waiting to get all of the collection, um, like the Avengers Assemble and the Avengers Shwarma. So those are still in boxes, but I take them out and I have like little plastic display cases. Oh, okay. But yeah, like, yeah. I'm of the you same know. mindset, and I think they look so cool that when it's yeah. in a box, you can't hardly see it. Yeah, but, like, but I did order protection for my Wanda ones because I don't need that to happen again. <laughs> so I learned my lesson. Do you have favorites? Do you have a couple of that you're um, like, oh. if, you, yeah, if, there was, uh, if your house was on fire and you could only save like three? Um, it would probably be, I have, uh, I have Bro Thor. Oh. So probably Bro Thor. <laughs> Yeah. I, I haven't seen that one yet I'm gonna is that one like because they always crack me up the way I'll see one I'll be like oh I've never seen that one before and by the time I go to Amazon or eBay they're already like $70 and I'm like oh my god oh yeah I saw the when I was getting I had to order replacements for my Wanda let's not talk about how much they were but <laughs> I uh I saw the alligator Loki and it was like three dollars on sale and I was uh, like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, and it frustrates me because I ordered um, a Loki one, um, the TVA one, and also the uh, Lady Loki one. Um, and I ordered them back in September, and Amazon keeps telling me they're back order, and I'm not going to get them till like January now. Yeah, I mean, like, I usually I only order one if like I really really love it, so I don't have like an extensive collection. But like, people will be like, oh what can I get you for your birthday and I'll just be like oh give me this Funko because you know they're like not expensive most of them aren't expensive I'm like oh you can get me this Funko Pop that I want or something (laughs) so I I only have like I have like less than 20 because I don't Mm. I it takes like I have to be like yes I want this because if I didn't I would have so many Mm -hmm. yeah you can go down the rabbit hole real quick on those for sure yeah for, for me it was fun because especially when they started doing like um Funkos from like TV shows and movies from like the 80s and 90s that I was like, oh, no way, yeah. you know. And you have like The Office, Shit's Creek. And I'm just like, why? Why did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. What um, what do you uh switch your gears a little bit? What are you 
what's your current game vibe? Like, what do you, what are you currently really digging? Like, let's say you got all day, Mm. you're going to be home by yourself. You decide you're going to game. What one are you likely throwing in right now? Um, probably Sims. I could play Sims for hours and hours and hours on end. But, um, yesterday we played, um, goose goose duck or gus yeah, duck duck that. goose that one that was my first time that was a blast that was a blast <laughs> i did not expect to love it mm-hmm. so for like a multiplayer game i would say that one was pretty fun i i would play that again i'm gonna have to try like that one and like among us i've never played any of those and i keep debating whether i want to dip my toe into that pond or not it's fun i mean the original plan was among us but the servers have been wonky so like half the people can get in and half of them can't so we just went with duck duck goose goose duck duckling i don't know the name of it actually but (laughs) (laughs) because it was like it was easier and it's it's free too so it's like you know free Mm -hmm. is free is the best what are your sometime all favorites like you're like yes Mm -hmm. this one's like up there um any sims um i like uh elite beat agents on nintendo ds um not a lot of people know that game though um i like uh yoshi's island definitely um and i really like the sims herbs in the city it's like a game boy nintendo ds one yeah i know it's nothing cool like starcraft or starfighter <laughs> something like that <laughs> hey everybody has their thing um which which call because i would i frequently check in and out of your twitch streams depending upon mm-hmm. what's going on in my life if i've got time i put it on and watch the whole thing oh, um what um you were playing a call of duty one was it last week yes um so i do i do play warzone it's like hit or miss though like if i'm enjoying it um because i did play I was never like huge huge into Call of Duty um but I did play the one and I can't remember which one it was all I know is it had Nuketown as the multiplayer map and it has zombies um but a long time ago it was like on Xbox and I never really like touched it then but then the pandemic happened and some of my friends were playing Warzone it was free so I was like oh okay you know I'll try and here I am like mm-hmm. almost two years later still cranking that game out (laughs) yeah i i've been i've been talking to a friend of mine because i've been debating i was a an old school call of duty fan going all the way back to the original xbox and i i was like one of those people where every time a new call of duty came out Mm -hmm. i had to be at gamestop for midnight release and i think it was black ops 2 that probably finally broke me and i don't think i played a call of duty since then um, but then I see the new one is going to have Pacific War Zone, which has me mm-hmm. like freaking out because that era era of history is like one of my absolute favorites. And I'm like, I'm debating whether to get into that. But on the other hand, I sort of feel like if I do, I'm just going to get murked by 12 year olds the whole time. So and yeah, it's fr- well, a couple things. It's free 99. So, you know, can't hurt to try. Mm-hmm. Secondly, yes, you will get murked by 12 year olds. <laughs> I get I get told so many inappropriate things by 12 year olds. Like, but it's okay because I got thick skin. Those 12 year olds can't hurt me. <laughs> I learned that playing Overwatch. Like I've played so much Overwatch and I've heard, um, I, I have had exes who have not said things that mean to me before. I was like, wow. And I don't even know you. Okay. This is how we're doing this. Um, question. I would love to uh, eventually in this podcast, I, I could like First of all, I could do a whole series of podcasts, by the way, just like asking you about Japan, but I'm, gonna, <laughs> but I'm holding off on that one. I'm waiting for the dam to break. 
But in relation to that, I have to ask, have you played Ghost of Tsushima at all? No, I have not. You're like the third person to tell me to play that game. So now I feel like I have to. Yeah, you definitely have to. It's um, it's an absolutely gorgeous game. And I spent a ton of time um, in college studying that period in Japanese history. And so for them to release a game that's like right mm-hmm. in that, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Visually, it is one I of the most... I'll, I'll add it to my list. Yeah. <laughs> That's what games are like stuff on Netflix. People are like, oh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. And you're like, I've got 50 titles I got to get to first. But yeah, okay, definitely. <laughs> that was, <clears throat> excuse me. Here's, here's something interesting that I think that uh, we connect on is that in one of your Twitch streams, you had mentioned that you were an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man fan. Yes. And I was so delighted to hear that. Absolutely. What um, I, I will just I'd love to hear you expand on that. Um, so for me, I mean, I've watched all of them. Like Tobey Maguire was my first Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, like they're all great. But Andrew Garfield for me really embodied who I thought like Peter Parker and Spider-Man was like this lanky nerd who had like these like he, he kind of knew he was cool but wasn't really cool type of thing like for me that's how it related to like my feel from the comics and everyone's like no no Tom Holland's totally Peter Parker but or yeah to- Tom Holland's totally Peter Parker while Tobey Maguire's more Spider-Man or something like that and I'm just like so what you're saying is Andrew Garfield is an equal mix of the two which means I'm correct right <laughs> so yeah like I just thought Andrew Garfield was great and i I don't think his movies did him justice, but I I think he deserved another go around. Right. I um I love I wasn't a huge fan of those movies, but I was a fan of him as mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I always thought it was interesting because we all know like the amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, we're not gonna get into everything that was wrong with that movie. Um, but I thought it was interesting that Andrew Garfield had said that when he before they started filming. And he read the original script of that movie. It was absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what happens with some of these movies is as it's being filmed, execs get involved and say, oh, no, you got to shove this in here. Oh, you got to shove this in here. And there are so many rewrites and reshoots that it ends up kind of a disjointed mess. I would have people going on about, about the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. I would love to see a version of that movie oh, yeah. done to the original script that Andrew Garfield just gushed and gushed over. Because I, I felt like after the first one, there was a ton of potential there. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't compare it to Snyder Cut because I've never seen any of those. So That's don't long. come at me. Um, <laughs> but like, I think I also think it's just like, I think it was Sony, right? I think Sony was the one that produced. I think Sony should stick to um, making electronics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a story, um, interesting story. There's a man, I don't know if you've heard of him by the name of Brian Michael Bendis. Um, Mm. who is a comic book writer has been for a long time and a lot of the major storylines that people know in terms of the Avengers and in terms of Spider-Man came from him he wrote Mm. all those through the 2000s and when they were making the first Amazing Spider-Man movie Sony called him and said we need you to get to LA right now like can you hop the next flight to LA it's like okay they wouldn't tell him why so he hops the next flight to LA goes to Sony Studios, they bring him into a big conference room that's full of like 30 people. They sit him down at the head of the table and they say, we have one question for you. Should the web shooters be mechanical or organic? And he said, well, mechanical. 
And like half of the room erupted in applause and the other half just sunk their heads and they sent him back home. They brought, they went through all this just to bring him in to be a tie breaking vote on this one thing that probably isn't major to the storyline to begin with, right? Like you could go either way as long as the rest of the story is good. And I always took that as a sign of just how dysfunctional that movie studio had to have been making. Yeah. You know, when I was in, it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on this. When I was in in college, I was taking a business class and we had to write a paper analyzing a business. And I decided to write mine about Marvel. I've been a huge Marvel fan since I was a kid reading, you know, Spider-Man and X-Men comics. And as I was doing more and more research on it, it, it kind of occurred to me that most businesses, like if you have a shipping business, right? Their assets are their trucks, their buildings, their stuff like that. And it occurred to me with Marvel, And you could say this about any of these companies that their assets were really their characters. Mm -hmm. Marvel's most important aspect or important assets are Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man. And what they do with those characters depends upon how successful of a business they are. And I think that when you look at the MCU movies, that's something that they're really, really, really good at because they don't worry about doing these things like flying a writer halfway across the country to do a tiebreaker vote they just say let's get really good storytellers to tell these stories and then let them do their thing and try and our best to stay out of their way yeah I think they learned when because I feel like Iron Man was their first like real success story and I think that's when they learned like oh maybe less is more (laughs) like I mean like less like being involved like not as many like executive people getting involved like let's just let the writer and the director like do their thing so I feel like once they learn like oh Iron Man wow we actually did something good for once (laughs) and it launched everything yeah real quick just stay out of the way just let let people do their things um scale of one to ten how big of an MCU fan are you um like movie wise or like comic wise or just yeah. like in general overall yeah we can go with um, either one I mean I want to say 10 but I do know there's a lot that I don't know because I haven't read any new comics in like I don't know 11 years because I haven't had access to them so <laughs> I kind of like pick up things here and there mm-hmm. so I would say a 10 but I know people are gonna be like oh well you don't know this you don't know that so you know. well there's always fanboys who are gonna do that yeah 100 i had that we i went and saw um eternals last weekend and for me that was fun because spider-man x-men marvel like growing up i read all those comics i don't think mm-hmm. i've ever read an eternals comic in my I, life. I haven't like i don't know those characters from anything so for me it was fun just being exposed to something that's in the marvel universe and has connections but can be its own story without me going into it thinking well why is that why is that character's costume that color supposed yeah. to be that couple, you know you know have you seen that one yet yeah I I liked it a lot and I think the people that hate on it were going in expecting an Avengers style movie but it's like do you guys remember like Iron Man wasn't super action-packed either it sets up an entire like storyline it's a new story guys it's not going to be something crazy the first time you see it right like so yeah, I liked I, it. You, you and me both, I really enjoyed it. And I was kind of shocked a couple of days later to hear all like the bad press it was getting. And I, I'm still semi-confused by it. Like, what are people so upset about? I, don't, I mean, it was a good movie, it had good acting, it had good action sequences. It had a good storyline to it. Like, I guess a lot of it is people are like saying that. So on the good side is like, 
um I can't remember the director's name but um she created a family style like feeling in the movie in one movie than the Avengers did and how many movies and people are like oh no 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 she didn't it was such fake acting and blah 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 and there the CGI and all this stuff it's like oh my god you it's like the same people that hate on shang chi it's like they don't want to see a different style of movie succeed why why are people hating on that one either um the budget was a lot smaller and they said the cgi was so bad on it but like i fucking love that's like number two for me Mm -hmm. number shang chi is like number two for me yeah, it was. I saw it in theaters and just watched it again the other day when it dropped on Disney Plus. I that's a great movie. Like, yeah. um, but maybe that I don't know. Do you think it's one of those things where Marvel almost ends up a victim of its own success? Like, if everything doesn't from here on out doesn't live up to Endgame, it's going to get trashed. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Oh man. But I, I mean, that's how you kind of can separate like the true fans that can see something for like what it is and not like expecting Endgame. You can see like this is another, this is a different story. Endgame story is over. It's over. There's a whole new, there's more to the story that they're giving us and we need to accept that. Yeah, that, um, because every single movie that came out prior to Endgame in some way, shape, or form was linked to Avengers. You know, inevitably that's, so every single one, even like Black Panther and Ant-Man had that slightly Avengers feel to it. but Shang-Chi and Eternals didn't at all. I mean, other than the fact that mentioning that there, you know, there are a few characters that kind of came over, but yeah, I don't have a single gripe about either one of them. The only problem I had with Shang-Chi is that uh, the one guy in the Kabuki mask, we got like no background <laughs> on him. Like he just showed up, was a badass yeah. and died. And you were like, oh, okay, that's, you know, but I wouldn't consider that a gripe. It was more of a, something I would have had on a wish list. You know, that's completely different. I think my only issue is with Eternals and how they said they couldn't interfere with Thanos, but their whole goal was to have the earth as populated as possible. So I don't know. That part kind of made me a little upset. And they're like, oh, we just couldn't interfere. We were told not to. It's like, your goal, what? Yeah. So that that was my only gripe with Eternals. Like that made no sense. That and um, if I understood it correctly, they're essentially androids right like yeah they're not like humans they're created yeah why would you make one deaf you know i didn't understand that like i love the actress i'm not no no yeah i'm not hating on her and i understand even marvel's and i applaud their attempt to be more inclusive and not everybody just be a white dude with great packs i get that (laughs) but that one You you know yeah i mean that does make a lot of sense like if they're androids why wouldn't they be like 100 percent perfect but right, i mean yeah i can't tell you if there was a like she was deaf in the comics either so i don't i right. couldn't tell you <laughs> right <laughs> now i need to go look that up <laughs> right <laughs> and it was one of those things because that that um actor is has been in the walking dead for a number of seasons <clears throat> and at first i thought in the walking dead she was just playing a deaf character and then when I saw her in Eternals I'm like oh she's probably deaf in real life and these are the roles and that's that's great for her and that's great for mm-hmm. you know like I said being more inclusive um and then when we got you know to the point in the movie where they revealed that they had been created that they weren't organic I my brain just kind of started buffering like wait what yeah I can I can see yeah that is pretty confusing 
what um how about the mcu shows the ones that are on disney plus are you into those uh i've seen all of them except what if i haven't watched what if yet oh yeah you mentioned that last night and i about yeah. my lid yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's just like i just haven't had time like mm-hmm. i have a lot of shows and i don't have a lot of time to watch them so like i'm still watching um right now i just finished uh i know what you did last summer that tv series um and 911 uh american horror story finished recently so i'm i'm like my my time is clearing up <laughs> because like i only can watch like maybe one episode of something a day and no, the, like i can sit and focus <laughs> right yeah that's the problem i have is i have the hardest time um like if it's a show, I can sit and watch an episode or two. And after that, I just can't stand sitting that much longer. I've got to get up and go do something. The um, That I Know What You Did Last Summer, does that take place in the same universe as the original movies? Is it like I, a reboot? I don't think it takes place in the original. It's a whole new cast. Okay. And, oh, yeah. No, yeah. Because it's it's based, in, I think, in Hawaii. Oh, okay. I wonder. Because actually, I had never heard of it. And I'm like, what? And then I start reaching back because those were... Yeah, those movies were like 90s movies. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt and yeah. <clears throat> wow. Um, well, you said you that you have the Wanda um, Funko Pops. Is that your favorite of the MCU shows, WandaVision? Oh, yeah. yeah. WandaVision, hands down, was the best. And I will mm. fight anyone that says otherwise. <laughs> I think Loki <laughs> gave it some stick, stiff competition, though. I... Mm... I'm not saying it beat it, but yeah 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 i would say loki was good but i'm wandavision was better it had Hmm. drama it had comedy it was a different feel i didn't feel like i was being had another mcu movie shoved down my throat it was just something i could sit and enjoy and i didn't have to be like (gasps) on the edge of my seat the entire time because like sometimes you just don't want to be on the edge of your seat watching a movie the entire time sometimes you just want to sit and enjoy it and like you know I, lo- I loved it yeah and I can't I mean Elizabeth Olsen who doesn't fucking love Elizabeth Olsen like amen <laughs> like, I'm sorry she's incredible she's absolutely yes. incredible and the one part of that show that I started absolutely busting up laughing is that when she was originally approached by Joss Whedon to play the character in Age of Ultron um the very first thing she did was got on Google she I was watching an interview she was talking about this she got on Google and looked up the character and saw her costume in the comics and went, oh, my mm-hmm. God. And Joss Whedon her like, no, 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 don't worry. We're not yeah, going to put I, you in that costume. And then when she popped up in that costume in the show, I just started busting up laughing. Like, I think <laughs> I loved it, though. I thought it was a really good tribute. Mm-hmm. I, I liked yeah. it. But you could see they did a lot of adjustments. So I thought that was nice. For sure. And the, I think the thing that I loved about that show is I figured out after about the third episode, stop coming up with theories as to what's happening. Because you're gonna be so mad. (laughs) I hate those that theorize, especially now with like TikTok culture. All of them that theorize on TikTok make me so angry. I'm just like, guys, just shush, let me enjoy it. Like, (laughs) I don't need to know your why was the window purple and he had this holding in his hand like just stop yeah please this is an english class you don't need to know why the door was red it was red because he decided that day the door was red right it was in the script (laughs) that's the reason um that is so funny um yeah and here and i think it's funny especially on facebook and the internet has been making fun of that a lot as we're now um of course here in the midwest it is in almost 10 30 at night on monday and for you it's afternoon on tuesday but tomorrow we're told that the next 
far from home or no way home trailer is coming out oh yeah yeah and i i've seen so many memes making fun of exactly what it is you're talking like they'll show the new poster you know and they'll zoom like way 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 in and then like photoshop in the reflection of like shang chi and his armor like just making fun of like people go so overboard with this stuff that it's like why don't you just why don't you just wait and see the movie um on that note do you think andrew garfield's gonna be in it if not, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be very disappointed <laughs> because I feel like there's just been so much hype that like we're gonna see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and I know that if they're all in there, I'm just gonna have a mental breakdown in the theater of like, right. oh my god, why is this? I can't handle this. So, but I'm not going in with any expectations. Like, I'm not going in with any expectations. Yeah, you are. But I will be disappointed. <laughs> like, I will be like, oh my god, that's the worst movie ever. But I'll be like sad that like, oh yeah you know because i thought it'd be so cool if like they bring back like um what's his name james uh james franco like as green goblin too like if they had like all the old like all the old actors from the movies come in and like actually create this like multiverse like oh oh it'd be amazing so good yeah and i'd be like this is this is great let's just (laughs) give me more well and i sort of feel like at this point in time there's been so much hype that if they weren't in it, they both publicly would have said so by now. Like if they're not connected to the movie I whatsoever. Thought, I thought they had. I think I think Andrew Garfield came out and said he's not in it. I could be wrong, but I feel like they've publicly said that they're not in it, but also they could be just saying that to like throw us off. Yeah. Yeah, so. I'm going to be thinking about it way too much. But like, <sighs> I guess like Tobey Maguire is also like a butthead too, so I could like he might be difficult to get in yeah he'd probably be one of those people because he was one of those people who for those of us who are old enough to remember had like this rise in career and then did spider-man and it like peaked there yeah and then you know I I think the only thing I've seen him in after was great Gatsby yeah I don't I can't name another movie and you almost wonder if he almost got typecast like it got to the point where all the studios were like yeah you're just you're Peter Parker so we don't we don't want you and so yeah. sometimes when that happens, it can be really expensive to get somebody to agree to come in. Leonard Nimoy went through that with Spock on the original, so all the Star Trek movies. They, you know, they made fun of him in Big Bang Theory for that yeah. too. Well, I loved that. You know, and the argument he was making is that every single time I do one of these, it makes me harder to get any other acting roles. So you better fork over the cash for it. And, you know, you can't have Star Trek without Spock, at least the original one. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of had to. Wow. Um as we're talking about movies that people either love or hate Mm -hmm. did you what are your thoughts on uh the most recent trilogy of star wars movies um i don't hate them like everybody hates on them but i don't like love them i think they are what they are and it's star wars movie suck it up and enjoy it or don't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there's no reason to I don't get the comparison thing that everyone feels the need to do like yeah you can have a favorite movie but that doesn't mean you have to put down the other movies either um I think the Star Wars fandom is very toxic yeah in that aspect of things that if you don't like someone's favorite movie they're just gonna harp on you hate on you all this if you have a hot take that is not a popular opinion they're gonna hate on you like I I know that they changed writers from the the first one to the third one right I believe they changed writers so. and 
you know, I think they had set up a very good story and then just let us down, but Mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. It was their decision. We can't change it. I doubt, I doubt they're going to make another trilogy. Probably just going to get one-offs from that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Star Wars is, and you're right, like Star Wars fandom is so toxic and it worries me a little because the Marvel fandom is starting to get that way. Mm -hmm. And that's bothering me a lot because I I sort of feel like as nerds, as a community, as a large conglomerate community that we are, you know, whether you're into Star Wars, whether you're into Pokemon, it doesn't matter. We should all just... I mean, the majority of us, especially as older as older nerds, got bullied a lot as a kids because of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So shouldn't we all just love the fact that we love what we love and not have it to be this fight and this need to one-upsmanship yeah. everybody? It, it's like, yeah, as growing up, like younger, um, we got bullied for liking these things. And it's like, that's exactly what you're doing now. Like- mm-hmm do you not see the resemblance? It's like hating on new people that just started watching Marvel because they watched WandaVision. It's like, you're going to love it. Like you're going to love it. Like my friend recently just watched all of the MCU movies. And we did like a watch party and, you know, I always picked on him, but not like, like meanly, meanly, I would just like make fun of him a little bit. Like, Oh, well, I guess you didn't get that reference kind of thing. So he finally watched him because he had watched WandaVision and he was like, Oh, these are actually really good. And I was like, yeah, you should, we could watch them all together. So it's like, I don't get the whole bullying point. Like if I'm going to say Jar Jar Binks is the best character in star Wars, like, what are you going to do about it? You're going to fly over to Japan and wave a finger in my face and tell me I'm wrong no right. no you're not you're gonna go back to watching Star Wars and yeah shush your mouth <laughs> well and I feel like the internet and especially TikTok culture and some of those I think exasperates that because everybody's trying to get noticed so the louder you yell and the more controversial your opinion is mm-hmm. you know like I say nothing makes news like outrage you know nothing gets clicks like being angry and yeah um and I would gosh I think as a director or a writer, you'd be really, really intimidated to take a Star Wars gig because every single fan is coming in with this huge weight of expectations. And how do you ever hope to like even remotely fulfill any of those whatsoever? You don't. You say, this is my story and you're going to mm-hmm. like it, bitches. <laughs> I love it. That's my, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a t-shirt made that says that. <laughs> that is, that is great. Um, well, especially, and it, it's been interesting to watch because as somebody who I'm at least old enough that I saw Return of the Jedi in theaters. Um, and then the second trilogy, the prequel trilogy came out mm-hmm. starting, I want to say when I was like 1920. Um, and it was interesting how, and of course, as a, a young kid at that age, I, I was not a fan of the prequel trilogy. I didn't hate them but I didn't think they were great. And eventually I had to realize like as somebody who's a kid, you understand we went 20 years without any new Star Wars. We went 20 years mm-hmm. with just the original trilogy. And from that, you associate things, you identify with things, things grow in your head imagination wise. It has this level of nostalgia to it. There's no way that any new movie is going to live up to that. There's no way that any new movie is going to meet what it is that you want it to be. And I, so I really tried to take that mindset into the new trilogy you know, when yeah, it first like, started coming out. I think the problem is like the Star Wars community is living too much in the past and they're not willing. I think it's, I think they're not willing to accept new things. Like 
yeah, these new things aren't going to be perfect. It's because it's a different era. It's a different time. They're trying to figure out what is going to work. And I think like the storylines, they were, they were, they were okay. Like they're, you know, we're not getting this original fight battle between good and evil. It's like, that's over. There's a whole new story to tell. And they're like, no, no, we want this original story between Darth Vader and the rebels and all this stuff. And you're just like, you can't retell the same story over and over again. Right. Well, if they had just taken the blueprint of the original trilogy and recreated it with new characters, everybody would have called it for that. Yeah, they'd have been like, this is bullshit. I mean, like, like, it's kind of what they did, though. Like, in yeah, a way, yeah. it kind of, like, mm-hmm. there were a lot of similarities, I think, but they tried to steer away from it. But yeah, if they had done the same exact blueprint, I'd be like, oh, we've seen this movie. And it's like, well, what, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> Well, and I, it, the only thing that the biggest thing that bothered me is I wish a general idea of where all three movies were going to go had been established ahead of time, even in their heads, even if we didn't know. Yeah, I think that would have been better because what what didn't there was already an idea for the first six, like already established of what was going to happen before they were even filmed. Mm-hmm. So I think if they had had that plan too, like it would have made more sense. Right. Because it didn't it felt like once you got to the third one, the emperor thing was just shoved in there. Like they had just decided like, and if you had decided yeah. before the first one, that's what you were going to do. You could have like subtly weaved these things in there that could have like led exactly. to this reveal that it's been the emperor the whole time, you know? Yeah. Cause we're just made to think that she's some random kid and, but, oh no, she's a Skywalker, but she's also a Palpatine, but she's this and she's that. And you're just like, what? pick one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one or the other. Well, we all spent forever trying to figure out who Snoke was. Like, who is this guy? He's like all oh, messed up. Yeah. He's weird. I forgot he's, about him. Yeah, he's old enough that like we should know who he is from the original trilogy, but nobody knows who he is. But and then he just kind of dies. Yeah. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I even forgot he existed. I'm not even yeah. gonna lie. I was like, wait, wait. He was very insignificant, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And then when you get to the Rise of Skywalker, there's like a pile of Snokes in a formaldehyde jar, and you're like, okay, so. That apparently wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have to I have to switch gears to like what might be the most important part of this okay. podcast because I have to ask you about Japan. Okay. Because I'm one of those people who has never been to Japan. Um, since I was about 11 or 12 years old, that has been the absolute top of my travel list. Um, as I said before, when I was in college, I took a ton of college classes on Japanese mm-hmm. history. I and culturally, aesthetically, I am just 100% fascinated with the land, like completely. Everything from the beautiful to the ugly underbelly that all countries exist with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know somebody had, I think it was on an Insta story, had asked you um, how you ended up in Japan, and you had just said it was a long story. Yeah, yeah um, on that? so I. It was 2013. My dad got uh, stationed in Okinawa. I was in college at the time. um, And the agreement was that I could continue to go to school and live with him. Uh, There was a lot of stuff for that, but that was what we came to. So I moved with them to Oki, um, did all my college, finished. And I just like Okinawa is like Hawaii of Japan. So it's just, it's different. Like Okinawans don't 
consider themselves like fully Japanese. They have their own history. They have their own culture, their own like way of life. Um, So I had really fallen in love with Okinawa and um, eventually my contracts were up. So I had to leave. So I was back to the States for a few years and I was just trying to find my way back here and work and things planned out and I was able to come back. So Mm -hmm. Here I am. <laughs> Where are you currently at now? What what area? Um, I'm in the Kanagawa area. So I'm not in Tokyo. I'm a bit outside of Tokyo because mm. Tokyo is just very expensive. Yeah. Tokyo is expensive. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah. What um what is it that you love most about it? What was it that really drove you to just want to come back? Um, well, I also moved here at like a very like young, impressionable age, like I was a young adult. And it's mostly just like the feeling of like being safe. Like I can go out at night and I don't have to fear like walking alone or like, you know, something happening to me on a subway, even though there's like some random stuff happened recently, but it's like very rare. Um, And just like, you never feel like out of place. I don't, I don't know. Some people say they don't feel very welcome here, but I mean, some people don't take the time to learn the culture. They don't take the time to learn some phrases to get by, Um, you know, and like I can definitely understand Japanese more than I could speak it. So I think like that gives me a little bit of like level of respect because I can like listen and it takes a bit to like, you know, understand, but I'm like, okay. And I'm like thinking in my brain, okay, oh, this is what they said. And I like try to find a way to like communicate back if I can't say what I need to say. So I don't know. It's just, it's always just had a soft spot in my heart. (laughs) Well, it's such an absolutely beautiful country. I mean, culturally speaking, landscape wise, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. I have a number of, um, I guess, Japanese uh, Instagram and social media accounts that I follow that are just like visit Tokyo or visit Kyoto. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're always posting pictures of different stuff. And you're like, oh man, now I live here in the Midwest. And so there's sometimes I wonder if is it, I don't, I don't think it's one of those grasses greener on the other side. Like it is genuinely gorgeous. I mean, I've lived in Florida, California, New York, Georgia. Yeah. Grass greener. <laughs> what um have you ever had a desire to like really like totally learn the Japanese language? Uh yeah, and I I mean I have tried, but um it my brain holds a lot of information. Like there's a lot of things that like people don't know about me that I know that I study and like things and just language has always been a hard thing for me to pick up, which is weird because I teach English as a second language, but like (laughs) learning other languages has always kind of been one of those things that I've struggled with. So I've tried, um, I've recently found a new tutor. So hopefully I can try again. Um, but yeah, I've tried books. I've tried like Duolingo. I don't think I'll ever be able to fully learn it like and speak as fluently as I would want to. Um, just, I don't think my brain has the capacity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and speaking it and reading and writing it that are two completely different, you know, mm-hmm. I have several, and I know you've seen this, I realize, but I'm just saying this for the people out there who don't know. I have several um, academic level books like history books that are mm-hmm. in English and Japanese 
you know, so the one side you would open it just like, you know, in the West where you open a book and everything is there. And then you completely take the book and flip it over. And it's in Japanese, all the kanji characters. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at that being like, it'd be one thing it's difficult. Is, and I tried, I tried Duolingo and I tried Rosetta Stone several years ago to learn Japanese. And I got to the point where I'm like, my brain was just kicking it out like a program it couldn't handle. Like, nope, nope, yeah. nope, we're not doing this. Um, but to read and write it on the other hand would just be like, whoa, I can't even imagine. Yeah, like <laughs> I know some people that pick it up very quickly and I'm extremely jealous of them extremely <laughs> jealous just like unfair some people just have those brains and you're absolutely right yeah. it makes me so angry I'll struggle with something my daughter um, is nine years old and for two years now she's already been learning Spanish at school and she'll just like because she goes to this special school where they started learning Spanish from kindergarten like as they were learning one two three four oh. you know and AV, they were also learning it in Spanish as well and uh, my wife is part Hispanic. And so they'll sit there sometimes and have conversations uh-huh. in front of me. And I'm like, knock it off. I know, you're, like, making, I know you're making fun of me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you very, very, very much. <laughs> so aside from the uh, typical, um, I guess, American view um, of Japan and, oh, Japan and, you know, sushi. Um, mm-hmm. What uh, do you, do you get into a lot of, uh, Japanese foods there I'm I guess the weird question that I have is sort of like as an American living there is it one of those things where if you're going to live there you need to really get into Japanese diet or is there um, enough di- international diversity there there is definitely um a lot of international diversity that people don't realize um like down the street there's a halal restaurant um for me there's a lot of Indian restaurants um a lot of Chinese restaurants um lots of pancake places like people don't realize the Japanese freaking love Hawaiian food like I'm not even kidding you there is so (laughs) much Hawaiian food Mm -hmm. like it's crazy um then you've got like burgers people like yeah like there's so much and of course you got you know Japanese restaurants um but yeah I think it's it's just like if you kind of travel anywhere is if you look hard enough you can find places to eat like mm-hmm. that you like so you can live here and never have to eat a bowl of ramen mm-hmm. you would be fine there's plenty of places <laughs> <laughs> I love that stuff though so I'm like like for me ramen, well, yeah sushi I, I for, we went to eat at a Japanese restaurant this past weekend and it's like a Japanese restaurant not like an Americanized Japanese restaurant and my oldest son, who's 18, has gone on and on forever about how much he loves sushi. Well, the sushi he was getting was like the sushi from like the local grocery store where it's just like imitation crab a meat. A sushi and rice roll, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're getting a California roll. We're getting a tuna roll. And all of a sudden he was like, oh my God, this stuff is amazing. I'm like, yeah, now you're eating sushi, my friend. No, don't get me wrong. Like the squid stuff, I can't do. I just... I, I have a mental block on my brain. I can't go that far. And I'm sure it's nutritious and it tastes good, but there's <laughs> something about it that I still can't get myself to just put it in my mouth. I don't know why. Yeah. It's okay. I can't either. I've tried, <laughs> tried it. What, um, this is a, and I realize that this is a, it, it's very, um, it, it as a, as humans, first of all, um, but I think secondly, as Americans, we have this tendency, like we want to just categorize everything. Like, we just want to say, like, all Germans are like this and all Japanese are like this. And I mean, you can't even do that with Americans. Like the fact that we can't even look in the mirror and say all Americans are like this. Well, yeah, some are. Um, I mean, 
I can think what other countries would say about us, but that's, right. probably, not appropriate. that's, that's probably not appropriate. <laughs> that's, um, that's funny you say that. That's exactly the question that I have for you is sort of in your oh. experience there. What What's kind of the view that um, Japanese people that you've met have of American Americans? I'm not going to get into it, but obviously it's a very complicated history, but in the modern um, day and age. So in Okinawa, it's a little different because Okinawa was like, you know, you know, the history about it with World War II. Um, so I had a lot more, appre- I would say apprehension, like when people would see me, like a little bit more apprehension on their side not like distaste or like disgust or anything. They were just kind of like, um, in like the more like rural countryside of that area. Um, though it was basically all oh, you're an American. Cool. I remember what you did to our ancestor type of thing. Um, here in like mainland, the city, I mean, most people think Americans are cool. I guess would be like an okay word to use. Um, but I would say generally they find us interesting because especially when it comes to language, I've learned that a lot. Um, they think our language is interesting because especially a kid pointed this out to me yesterday or the other day, he was like, I don't get, uh, if someone like, I don't get uh american language you have well but it means like five different things like why (laughs) why does it mean what so i think i would say interesting because a lot of our stuff just doesn't make sense to them right yeah and i i've talked to people i was having this conversation um a couple weeks ago with a guy who's french um and knows english but not incredibly well and anytime you say anything with slang in it he's just like what and then and then trying to explain slang to somebody and like what a slang term means and the reason why we and the whole thing it was it was somebody had made a comment about some oh yeah it'll be good yeah you know we're gonna get over this just we just got to make it around the bend and he was like what does that mean yeah and i'd be like oh shit i gotta stop and think what it means i mean i know what it means but what does it mean you know like well it has to do with traveling and yeah once we get around the bend in the road and it goes back longer than i've been alive and yeah, I, I can understand that. And he's absolutely right. I've never thought about that, but well, well. Yeah, we just look, say things and. Yeah, get water out of the well. She's doing well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, because we were reading a story that had like multiple different wells and I was like, you're asking me questions I don't have the answers to. I can't tell you why. It uh-huh. just is. And he goes, oh, that's so dumb. Like, yeah, I know. I know. Well, I know, but we can't rewrite 2,000 years of language history. I'm sorry. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I understand a lot of people say, and it'd be interesting to hear what you have to say about this, but, you know, as Westerners and as English-speaking people, it's like, oh, you know, you want to try and learn Spanish, you want to try and learn French, you want to try and learn Japanese. But I hear a lot of people say that actually in the world languages, English is actually one of the hardest to learn if your brain's not geared that way, like some of the other stuff, like, you know, French and Spanish and English, at least all have their roots in a common Latin language. But anytime you get to the East, it's a completely different beast. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> Are you about to yawn on my podcast? <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Just uh, another one more thing I wanted to ask you um, before we get out of here. I the the way I first got introduced to you, mm-hmm. um, interesting enough, is you just popped up on my TikTok feed. Like I was just, Ooh, I was just scrolling through TikTok and I'm like, oh, that was kind of interesting. And I, I don't know how their algorithm worked, but then it was like four videos later, there was another one of you. And eventually I'm like, okay, who is this? You know, like, oh, cool. Instagram. Oh, cool. Wow. Twitch stream. Sweet. Let's do this. You know? Um, so in your time um, okay. doing Twitch streams, doing TikToks and stuff like that, how's your interaction been with the internet world? Like in terms of how they've treated you and Okay. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I have been mostly lucky on the TikTok side where I haven't had like too many of like people that are like mean. Um, Most people just like to like harp on some of my Japan videos or like, oh, have you never been to McDonald's? There's plastic wraps in McDonald's. Like, you know, stupid stuff like that. Or like, they'll just say like, that's dumb. That's not interesting. You're not interested. I'm just like, okay, you 12 year olds. Okay, cool. I've been through puberty. You can't hurt me. (laughs) Um, Instagram is more annoying for me. Um, because I, I come from, so before I was like doing the whole Twitch thing and stuff, um, I was, I was, uh, modeling a few years ago and, um, that kind of was how my original Instagram following kind of grew. I wouldn't say it was like big, but like, you know, I had a couple numbers and I was like, Oh, I'm kind of cool now. Yeah. Um, and so like people kind of expected like the professional high quality modeling photos. So when I kind of switched gears and I wasn't doing that, I was doing like more of my gaming and Japan stuff and like stuff that I was interested in. Um, it was kind of met with a lot of backlash. So, um, it's been, it, that was a little tough to deal with. Um, and now it's just kind of like, I get a lot of these things. Like I get a lot of messages, um, that are like, oh, do you have like an OnlyFans or can I buy your nude photos or stuff like that? And it's just like, if you had taken three seconds to like say hi or introduce yourself, you'd learn like, that's not my style. That's not what I do. Like nothing against people that do that at all. That's just my personal preference. Um, and then I'm like, but, or they're like, oh, and then they'll like try to carry on a full-on conversation. I'm like, well, you know, I work, I work full-time job. I do all these other things. Maybe you want to stop by Twitch sometime, hang out. They're like, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't, I don't want to pay for that. I'm like, it's free. So it's just kind of like, you want to sit here and you want, you expect me to produce photos for you, for you to like and comment on and just be like, oh, you're so beautiful like this, but you can't spend five minutes and come say hi on a Twitch stream or something like whatever. So it's, that's basically been the backlash from like Instagram. Now YouTube is mean. YouTube comments are mean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't even read those anymore. Those are just mean. (laughs) That's the way Twitter is too. You're just like, whatever. Like, you know? I don't really have like a following on Twitter. So I just like, I don't get anything on Twitter. I just post stupid quotes that I think, or like I talk about shows or movies I'm watching and like maybe like two people react to them. And I just right. like my two friends, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, so it's kind of different across each of the social medias. Um, it's just cause like I'm doing me and people are gonna like that or they're not gonna like that. And you know, 
Yeah. Well, I don't understand the whole taking the time to leave an angry comment on somebody you don't know. You know, it, it always amazes me. Like I have, I don't think I've ever commented on anything on TikTok. Not that I have a problem with people doing it, but if I would comment, it'd be like, hey, that was really cool. Awesome. Good for you. But to just yeah. randomly see a video of somebody I don't know and decide to make their day slightly worse by saying something mean, I think it's, well, you know, it's the whole hiding behind the keyboard thing. You know, it's something you would, you'd never say that to somebody on an elevator you just met. Exactly. You know? I also, I also sometimes think like maybe they're just having a bad day and they need to frustrate, but mm. you know, I'm not going to sometimes I'll give them the time of day and respond and I'll just respond like something nice like oh okay thank you or like thanks for boosting my algorithm or you know something like that um but like I've I think I've only ever had to go after one person like one time because like they were just really harsh on me they were just like basically we're like oh you're you're like a cloud seeker you're gonna have an only fans in a month and a half when no one else wants to hear your voice or anything you do and it's been like six months and still don't have one. So. <laughs> like nothing against that, but just like the assumption that is like 50% of like the social media is just like, oh, you're a pretty girl. Give me something kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So it, it's, those are the kind of people that I will like fight back against. And cause I just, I don't think. I don't think that's the right mindset you should be no. setting for people. Yeah. Like what is this mindset that thinks that you're owed anything by somebody you don't know? Yeah. The, the only thing you're owed by somebody you don't know is common decency. You're not owed anything, you know, and that's, and I feel for, it. and of course it's, you know, obviously I'm fortunate in the fact that I am a guy and I don't deal with that, but I, it's interesting that you say that because I've done enough podcasts um, with women who have said things very, very similar to what you're saying. And it's a broad spectrum. Like I did one with um, a, a, a fantastic person by the name of Sarah Bendrick, who had a landscaping show on DIY network. And she was telling me almost the exact same things you were is like her Instagram inbox will just be full of people like, Hey, you're hot. I liked watching you spread that mulch. Can you hit me up sometime? And it's like, you know, she's like, I went to college and have a TV show. What makes you think, you know, Joe from Arlington Heights that I'm going to say anything to you, you know, yeah. and it, just, it, it sickens me. It really does, especially somebody who, you know, and I, I hate to pull that card, but now as somebody who has a daughter, you know, and I have to say, as a guy, you begin to view things differently when you have a daughter and that girl is growing older and older and older. And you're like, mm -hmm. I don't want you to have ever have to be subjected to this bullshit because it's just... I, I still to this day, I cannot wrap my brain. I'm aware that it's there. I don't entirely know why it's there, but it's just I, a sad fact of reality. I usually, if someone says like something like that, I'll like give them some witty comment. Like, I think one recently was like, oh, hey, how are you? Do you have a Snapchat? I was like, no, I do have a, I do not have a Snapchat. And if I had a Snapchat, I would not be giving my Snapchat to a stranger, but you're more than welcome to come introduce yourself on Twitch where I hang out with, you know, people for quite some time for free. And, you know, you can see me face to face, mm -hmm. you know, as much as we can face to face, but no, you will not be getting a Snapchat from me. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well done i like it i like it a lot <laughs> you know, I, I have to like educate people so often and i'm just mm -hmm. like it's like 
You you want to scream it from the rooftop so everybody can just hear it once, right? Like just stop doing it, you know? Yeah. My gosh. And it was like um I I've become friends with because I I've had on the podcast before um Whitney Martin, who's a local newscaster here. And she was even talking about like people on her Facebook page, you know, because she has a private page, which is like just mm-hmm. her actual like real friends of him, then has like a public page um for all the new stuff and like the like this whole comment thread will start on her weight like i thought that can't be her she used to weigh a lot more didn't she no i think she lost weight and she's like guys you know i can read this right like (laughs) you know yeah i just yeah people suck yeah they do (laughs) so um if i come away with anything it's everybody stop being toxic Stop, stop being mean to people, exactly. especially people you don't, I mean, don't be mean to people, you know, unless they deserve it, but especially <laughs> don't be mean to people you don't know, because I think that's just like, you know, you, you know, and I, it becomes cliche and it's cliche for a reason, but you never know what people are dealing with. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what kind of day they're having. Mm-hmm. And to just add to the negativity in the world when there's already way too much of it there to begin with is just not like, if you feel that you need to get your whatever on by being mean to people on the internet, you need a therapist, hashtag mental, mental health week, like better help (laughs) on your phone. It's like very cheap for therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I highly recommend anybody go do it. If you ever get the inkling to write a mean comment, you know, unless somebody says something ridiculous, like Jar Jar Binks is great, then, you know, go to town. But <laughs> that was just for you. I don't actually mean that. <laughs> you know, uh, as a side note, this is what's hilarious about Star Wars. And because I was one of those people in the original trilogy came out, I hated Jar Jar. Like, oh, I hated Jar Jar. But then I got to keep in mind, my youngest son was a kid when those movies came out. And so as a kid, he loved Jar Jar. And then when the new trilogy mm-hmm. came, he's like, hey, do you think that like Jar Jar is going to be in him? We don't know how long Gungans live, don't we? And then it was like the first time it kind of occurred to me that there's like a generational thing yeah. here. And that whether you like that stuff is largely dependent on what age you were when you were exposed to it. You know, I think some... that that might be why. Like, mm-hmm. I love Jar Jar. I love Ewoks too. Yeah, like, me too. I think they're great. And people are like, the Ewoks are so annoying. They're dumb. <laughs> like, the cute little teddy bears. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beat the crap out of a whole legion of stormtroopers. So, I mean, <laughs> say what you want. But that's the thing. I want to say I was like six years old when I went to the theater and saw Return of the Jedi. And how are you not going to freak out over Ewoks? Yeah. Like, it was like your teddy bear. But it was badass. Yes. They were just chucking yes. rocks and like, we don't care that we're midgets. We're, you know, we don't exactly. care we're in the Stone Age. We're going to jack you up. <laughs> and it was awesome. And I loved it. And I still think it's great to this day. So, you know, fans take it for what it's worth. Well, after everything that's been said, I have to say thank you so much for giving the time of day to this random person on the internet who messaged you and said, Hey, do you want to come on my podcast? No, I appreciate it. Like I'm still getting used to doing these. So I'm like, I still get nervous every time. Cause I'm like, what if I say something stupid? Like, you know what? <laughs> you have to embrace the suck okay. because I've been doing this for over two years now. And I'm still thoroughly convinced that I say a lot of dumb shit every single episode. So I just accept the fact like, hey, I'm an idiot. And my fans, like, 
apparently are either tolerant of that or like it. I don't know if they <laughs> listen to my podcast because they genuinely like me or they just enjoy a train wreck. I'm not sure, but whatever works, right? Just don't read the comment section. Um, okay. They're going to be like, don't have her back. We don't want to hear her again. No, I already had one friend who commented on Facebook. We're like, oh my God, thank God. Another gamer girl coming on the podcast. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Until they hear I like draw droppings. They're like, nah, no, we don't want her. Yeah. Deleting the app. Done. Last <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> well, again, um, thank you so much. Um, it's been absolutely amazing getting to talk to you. Um, I'm going to continue to enjoy the Twitch streams. Um, a side note yeah. from what we were talking about on the internet and the way people are on the internet, the chat in your Twitch streams are typically really fun. Yes. Um, it has taken a while to grow. Like a lot of people don't know like where I came from and where I started. They're only seeing like now times, but, um, we are, we're pretty quick about like, um, getting the people out that are like negative or like, you know, not, what the vibe we're going for so it's pretty it's it's a pretty good vibe like I've got I'm very lucky to have some really good mods that are quick on that um and they'll try to like keep the community going so I, I'm really lucky mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun there because I've I have a couple people that I follow on Twitch and sometimes you get into their streams and you just almost want to completely ignore the comment section because you're like oh god grow up shut up yeah. shut up shut up but uh yeah that's one of the things I've enjoyed is then yours is not only can I enjoy the Twitch or whatever is going on, but the conversation typically is fun, funny, kind. So, so hats <laughs> off to you for that, because I know that's Thanks. not something that's easy to do in this day and age. No, no. I'm very, very strict about like what is allowed in chat. And if I see something, I will shut it down quick, but I always try to get like, you know, those that are in the chat involved in the, in the stream, whether it's like they play or like doing bets or something, I don't know. Mm -hmm. some randomness. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone who's out there listening, um, you can, and obviously I will have the, you know, stuff posted on um, Facebook and Instagram and everything else, but uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, check out Briley. It's a lot of fun. You won't be disappointed. And uh, once again, can't thank you enough for coming on. It was so much no, fun. No, thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again in the future. I hope so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. So that was the podcast with Briley. Hope you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed making it. I want to thank everybody out there for tuning into the podcast regularly. You guys are great. As a community, you've been fantastic. I cannot thank you enough. If you could do me a favor, please like, share, tell a friend, tell them to tell a friend. And if you're listening to this on the Apple device, there is a spot up in the right-hand corner to leave a review. If you could do that, every little bit helps. But that's all I've got for today. We will see you again soon with another episode. And until then, I want to say I love all of you. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time.